From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. and horror anthology show. Stories about people caught in desperate times and only have one way out. I'm sure you're wondering why you received this tape from a random stranger. But is it really random? Am I really a stranger? Or are we connected in some way to a web of lies and deceit, possibly murder? You see, I hear things, see things. I know everything. To protect myself, I need these stories to be told. I drove north from Chicago in a rented Honda. You fucking maniac! The Saturday afternoon traffic was thick and sluggish like blood through diseased arteries. How polite these drivers seemed. Back in Boston, you couldn't go a block without some idiot trying to nail you. Here, people signaled when passing. They drive the speed limit, no tailgating. Must be a part of their Midwestern tradition to be so courteous. Before long, factories and tenements thinned out and disappeared. Jets in and out of O'Hare had become specks in the distance. Heading around and in suburbia with their 7-Elevens and neatly cut lawns, then out again, only to be replaced by farmhouses, dairy cattle, and cornfields. Silos, rigid and tall, guardians of this rich, black land. I was in Wisconsin. 
You wanted to see me? Yeah, John. Oh, uh, close the door. We, um, have a problem, John. Oh? The company has just been acquired by an overseas corporation. So the rumors were true? Yeah. They were. At the last meeting, you told everyone they weren't. Sometimes you have to lie to ease other people's minds. I don't like doing it, John, but it's necessary in our situation. You know, I might have an employee who wants that promotion. You know they aren't up to snuff for the job, yet they do well in the position they're in, so you tell them the company decided to give it to the next guy. It was forced on you. Yeah, I suppose. Chabla Delays bought us out? Fucking Dutch bought us. Can you believe that? Mr. Connor lit a cigarette. The new headquarters for the company was strictly non-smoking like most office buildings nowadays. When he fired up a cig, I knew something was wrong. Very wrong. I remember the day I hired you, John. You were full of crap. You never sold anything in your life. Was a vendor for us, warehouse manager, district manager. All in the span of three years. Made vice president two years later. Rose to the top quickly. Some say too quick. See the envelope on the desk? Yes. That's your severance package. They opted out of buying your contract from the company like I suggested. They decided to treat you as an underling instead. I suggested strongly they buy you out as they did me. I tried. He's lying. Same excuse he used years ago to bypass anyone for promotion. Mm, sorry, John. Oh, well, what are you going to do, huh? Exactly. I poured my heart and soul into this company. 35 years, just a small local brewery. <sighs> I made the beers national. Hell, you couldn't even get our lager in the Midwest. Texas was the last horizon in the U.S., then I had to get in bed with those Europeans with their fucking narrow streets and meat pies and bitter pints. Shit beer, I tell you. I met with those asshole execs at Chobla Delays. So stiff. Plastic personalities. <sighs> Wish I'd never met the assholes. It's our fault. Selling out the country to the rest of the world. Our businesses. They know we're greedy. We want the cash, they want the world. The hell am I going to do of myself, John? Now that I don't have a company to run? You, you're still young. The youngest vice president this company has ever had. You'll be fine at another company. Me? The hell am I going to do? You can just enjoy life if you're retiring. <laughs> yeah, being forced into it. How about you? I have something in mind. Overhead, the sign said, County K, one mile. What a funny name for a road. County K. Like some brand of cereal. I looked down at the directions for a hotel I had scribbled down earlier. For some reason, the road didn't look the way I thought it would. 
I thought it would go down to a busy small town street. Instead, it was a partially paved road that led me to a gravel road, then a dirt road that obviously had not been traveled for a good while. Dust kicked up, even though there had been signs that had rained. I passed a few houses that seemed like they had not been light in for years, until I saw some children dash out in front of me and fade away. I stopped. Couldn't believe my eyes. Maybe I was tired. Yeah, that's gotta be it. I probably imagined it. I looked over at the lines of weathered shacks. No one was there. No way could anyone live in those places. The woods had started to grow around them and all the windows were broken out. Hell, even one house was missing a wall. Can I help you? I'd like a room. We're full up. I don't think that's the case. We're full up. What is that loud booming? We're remodeling. I don't see any work trucks. We're full up. There's no cars in the parking lot, except a Toyota truck and mine. So what? So I'm saying there is no one here. And I believe that's your vehicle. I have not seen anyone walking around. You were saying? Look, the big top bin is just down the block. They have rooms available. I left the Palmer house. I drove a block and saw the Big Top Inn on a street corner where a gas station had been closed down and a warehouse that was boarded up. Graffiti all over the building stating a certain gang now claimed that property. I saw there was a diner beside the Big Top. Hunger had gotten the best of me, along with travel fatigue. I decided to go into the diner, then get a room. I parked in an abandoned parking lot of what might have been a fast food restaurant or a small drive through pharmacy. Behind the diner was a playground. The grass and weeds had grown over top of the jungle gym, and a gentle breeze urged a swing to move back and forth, the rusty chains dancing slightly. The diner had been readied for business. Booth tables set, but only one customer sat there, an old man who had no problem displaying the fact he had served his country by wearing an American eagle cap, and a jacket with patches, showing everyone had been a Marine, and what division had served in Vietnam. I smiled and spoke to him. Hello. Hello. Looks like it's going to storm. Yep. Looks that way. Food good here? Fair. Coffee as thick as mud, but it will wake you better than a rooster's roll call. Say, maybe you can help me with some directions. Well, I'm not from here. Oh, uh... Oh? Nah. I'm just here visiting the grave of my son. Is that so? I never had a chance to know him. Some things in life you don't regret. The day you walked out on your first job. The day you told your mother and father you were leaving home. The day you stopped drinking. I wasn't there when he was born. 
and I wasn't there when he died. I've regretted that my entire life. I think I know what you're going through. Sir? Sir? Can I get you anything? I I'm sorry, what? The old man was gone. Just like the children that had run out in front of my car. They were there one second. The next second, they were gone. Just disappeared. I'm asking you if you'd like something from the menu. Sir, we have strict rules about loitering. To sit in the restaurant, you have to be a paying customer. And I've come over here several times in the past 15 minutes to ask for your order. <sighs> the manager is getting a little upset, just to warn you. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, yes, I'll order now. After lunch, I called her from the hotel room. The first few minutes were awkward for both of us. I could hear the sound of kids in the background. I told her about the convention I attended over the weekend. She talked about the weather. Lots of silence in between. So was it wall-to-wall -wall people there? Where? At your convention. The one you said you just attended. I couldn't bring myself to tell her I lied. There was no convention in the area. Nor did I have a job anymore. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, oh yeah, lots of people. Too many. I could hardly walk through the lobby of the hotel. <laughs> the weather's nice, huh? Mild. It's unlikely to last, though. Thanksgiving's just around the corner, so there's your explanation. Yeah, I suppose it is. Um, maybe. Maybe it will last. I I mean, maybe it won't last. Where are you staying? The Palmer House. Very fancy. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's fancy. I've been there. Window shopping in that big lobby. They have some nice shops. You've done all right for yourself, John. Hey, you two. Be quiet. Mommy has a special phone call, okay? No, it is not Daddy. Just be quiet, will you? Stop. Hush. Sorry about that. They get a little rambunctious. So... How'd you find me? The alumni office. We'd been in the same class, the class of 96. I had gone back east after graduation. She had gone home to Wisconsin, never expecting to hear from me again. It's funny. What? You tracked me down. There was a time I actually dreaded her call, but that had passed. During the period I was married, I'd almost forgotten her. It wasn't until after my divorce that I'd thought much about her again. I tried to find you, you know. I tried several times, as a matter of fact. I wrote letters. They kept coming back. I've moved a lot. The company. It doesn't matter now.
doesn't really matter now. I'm divorced, you know? I know. I am too. You never listen to me. I know. You don't even look at me like a woman anymore. I know. You are too agreeable. You never fight. I know. Stop saying that. <gasps> All I ever wanted from you was a child. I... I know. Two children. That's you here, running around. A boy and a girl. I know. You seem to have done your homework, huh? It's all on record at the alumni office. Anyone can get it by calling. Did they tell you they were both adopted? No. For Bryce, I, I couldn't have children of my own. Bryce. So that's what she called him. Why did she even bother to name him? What could it matter? I'm sorry. Sure. Really good to see you, John. It's been a long time, Jason. Too long, buddy. Say, have you heard from Allison? No. Why? She's been trying to get in touch with you. I haven't heard. Yeah, for a year or so. Well, how is she? You don't know? Know what? The last year we were in college, you and her were an item, right? Yeah. You left town immediately after graduation, right? Yeah, my dad was sick. Well, buddy, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but she was pregnant. Did she have the baby? Stillborn. A boy. I heard she carried it to term. Maybe there was some deformity. Came out all blue, not breathing. I don't know, just what I heard. When I saw her, I didn't have the heart to ask her about it. I just didn't seem right, so yeah, I also heard there was some sort of malpractice, maybe. I can't believe you didn't know. So, why'd you call, John? I just thought I should. I've been thinking about it for a long time. Do you want to see him? I think you should see him just once. It wouldn't have to be for long. Who? Bryce. She named it. What was the point? His grave. I mean. What a strange idea. Perverse. This pause is long. Uncomfortable. I desperately wish that the call was over, but I see no way of ending it. It's up to her now. I could tell you how to get there. It's not even two hours from Chicago. I... I think you should. John. Do you hear me? 
I think you owe him at least that. Him and me. Respect! Yes, I'd like to. She gave me directions. I was reading them again, now after stopping at the restaurant to use the men's room. County K, six miles west to an intersection, right on Rouse Lane, about a mile to the seed farm. The cemetery would be just over the next mile. You can't miss it, she said. It's on the highest land around. I rolled the window down and put the car in gear. Night wasn't far off, but it seemed to have warmed up since leaving Chicago. I'd been getting increasingly anxious the last few miles. Strung out. I could feel the excess nervous energy running up and down my body. It was like having too many cups of coffee. The palms of my hands were actually sweaty. For the first time since talking to her, I wondered what exactly I'd gotten myself into, and why. I didn't have the answers. That bothered me more than anything. I'd gotten where I had in business by coming up with answers. I found the cemetery without any trouble. From this knoll you could see for miles and miles over the rolling countryside. It reminded me of a Grandma Moses painting. The fields and outbuildings arranged like patchwork. The cemetery was unexpectedly tiny, a postage stamp of graveyards. Laid out in front of the obelisk were perhaps 25 flat stones, each roughly the size of a hardcover dictionary. All that had been inscribed on any of them were names and the two most important years in anyone's existence. Mother, 1845 to 1912. Father, 1840 to 1905. Henry, 1884 to 1944, and so forth. On the extreme left-hand perimeter of the Anderson Territory, almost into the birds, was the stone I was looking for. Baby Bryce, it read. 1996. 1996. I opened the green bag and laid what was in it, a single white rose atop the stone. Allison. She looked unkempt, haggard, as if she never got enough sleep. Her clothes looked freshly laundered but worn, as if she'd had them too long. For an instant, our eyes locked. It was impossible to say what was exchanged between us in that moment. Recognition, but more. Loneliness. A glimmer of what might have been, perhaps. A rush of memories, none well defined. Then it was gone. Her eyes went as cold as the gathering evening. There was nothing to say. She came closer. I didn't move. I hadn't expected it to play out like this. We embraced. I didn't see her knife. There was nothing I could do. 
I understood her. I fell on baby Bryce's tombstone. My blood dripped slowly on his grave. Uh, what the- I felt something lock around my ankle like a vice. I looked down. There was nothing there. Only, the tombstone did not read his name anymore. It read mine. My vision blurred. I saw Allison a few inches away from me. Her clothes had been stripped off and her stomach had become a huge mound. She parted her legs and I could see she was ready to give birth. I blacked out momentarily. She was lying beside me, holding a tiny ball of flesh. As consciousness drained away to nothingness, smiling, her face inches from mine, I heard a new sound. The sound of a newborn crying. Blood Noir, Episode 19, Nothing There. Based on the short story by G. Wayne Miller from his short story collection, Vapors. Lothar Tuppen as John, Driver, and Old Man. Tanya Milejevic as Allison. Snake as Mr. Connor. Matt Weller as Jason. Lori E. Smith as Julie. Kessie Relinicki as the waitress and Pete Lutz as hotel clerk. Theme music by Carpenter's Notch and Audionautics.com. Music by Carpenter's Notch. Credit narration by Laurie E. Smith. Audio script written and directed by Mark Slade. podcast you just heard was recorded with Anchor. If you want to make your own, download the Android or iOS app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast. And now, Mutual of Ohm, providing spiritual insurance for your past, your present, and your future since 500 BC, proudly presents Wrinkley's Believe It or Forget About It bringing you strange but true tales and oddities from all over this wide world. And here is your host, Mr. Robert Wrinkley. Hello, I'm Robert Wrinkley. Next, do you believe in ghosts? Most people don't, but they change their minds quickly if they spent a night in the Haunted Hotel. That's the famous nickname of the Waldorf Storager Hotel located in the historic city of Sandusky, Ohio. Built in 1890 on the site of a street battle between local candy makers, union rabble rousers, and city police, the hotel has long been touted as haunted by the ghosts of the men killed there that fateful day. Guests who stay in room 305, for example, often complain about being awakened in the wee small hours by the sound of someone noisily chewing taffy. Across the hall in room 302, guests have reported that their sleep was disturbed by the incessant popping of bubblegum. 
and diners in the hotel restaurant have had entire tables upset by the unseen spirits of union agitators, climbing up to give long-winded speeches. <coughs> the hotel is still open for business and does a booming trade during the month of October. Believe it or forget about it. You've been listening to a special feature of Pulp Puri Theater, Wrinkly's Believe It or Forget About It. Brought to you by Mutual of Ohm, providing spiritual insurance for your past, your present, and your future since 500 BC. This is Gramercy Noun speaking. We return you now to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs>